BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara, and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. So if the billionaire investors behind the group California Forever really want to build a new city from scratch in Solano County, they're going to need permission from voters first. After years of buying up land in the county in secret, California Forever released language for a ballot measure that they want to take to voters this November, with hopes of getting their blessing to build a new utopia on undeveloped farmland. It's no different than a company doing um, research and development to design a new gadget or a new car, and then you come out and you announce this is the project, and uh, that's exactly what we've done. Today, what Solano County could be voting on and what California Forever is offering in return. Well, Aaron, I'm wondering if you could just first tell me about this press conference that you went to this week. Where was it and what was the mood like? It was in the Veterans Memorial Building in Rio Vista. Aaron Baldessari is senior editor of KQED's Housing Affordability Desk. You know, there was a, a lot of reporters and TV cameras there, obviously. Today is a day that um, many of us have been looking, for, looking forward for a long time. But also um, some local elected officials, members of the Community Advisory Board, and other members of the public who were generally supportive of California Forever's plan. And those were the people who were invited inside. And I think there was probably maybe a couple dozen people outside who had wanted to hear more about what California Forever was proposing. There was a number of people who maybe had more questions about the plan. Um, Some people were holding signs uh, saying things like, save our farmlands, but they were not allowed in for this meeting. And why Rio Vista? Rio Vista was a really intentional choice. You know, it will be one of the most impacted by this new development. It is, you know, directly adjacent to the proposed new community. 
Driving through, I saw farmhouses and livestock and wind farms and croplands. And it's got this small but kind of quaint downtown with neon signs and, you know, painted facades that has, you know, it's very reminiscent of like small town 1950s vibes. Mm -hmm. And originally the meeting was supposed to happen in the old movie theater uh, in Rio Vista. But at the last minute, they moved it to the Veterans Memorial Building, I think, just to accommodate more people. I do want to talk about the venue that we wanted to be in initially, because I think it's a microcosm of what we hope to achieve here in Solano County. And Jan Tramek, the CEO of California Forever, said he really wanted to unveil their proposal at that movie theater because to him, you know, it represents a new chapter for towns in Solano County like Rio Vista that haven't shared in that urban growth and development and, and also economic investment that the rest of the Bay Area has had. We believe that um, we can have a very special relationship with Rio Vista um, and bring some of the things that the community needs whilst at the same time allowing Rio Vista to keep its small town character and, and the identity that makes it so special. So the purpose of this press conference was to unveil more details about this brand new city that California Forever wants to build. But of course they need the okay from Solano County voters first. Can you remind us what do they need voters permission to do exactly? So Solano County, like a lot of more uh, rural or agricultural counties in the state, has uh, an orderly growth ordinance. So basically, these were ordinances passed in the 1970s and 80s that limited development to within city boundaries. Environmentalists at the time wanted to combat sprawl. There was a housing crunch then as now. And so developers were eyeing orchards and farms and other open spaces to put new tract housing. So that's where these orderly growth ordinances come in. And so basically, it says that if you want to build outside of these existing cities, you need a vote of the people to do that first. Now, I think it's like worth noting that there was another attempt to do something similar to what California Forever is proposing, albeit on a smaller scale in the 80s in Solano County. Back then, a San Francisco developer, Hiram Wu, wanted to turn nearly 900 acres of pasture land into a new town with about 6,000 residents. But voters at the time did not go with that plan. They turned it down. So what are voters going to be asked to decide exactly in November? It's actually kind of a lot. The initiative that California Forever put forward is 83 pages long. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's a lot to digest. <laughs> They're going to be asked to agree to changes to the county's general plan, as well as what's called a specific plan, which is basically rezoning the land, as well as open space requirements and community benefits. Okay, so they're asking voters for basically permission to build this new city. How many people are going to live in this new community they want to build? And, and what is the idea exactly again? California Forever wants to transform what is now around 60,000 acres of farmland into a new city with as many as 400,000 people over the next half century. So they're envisioning this as a medium-density community. That means a lot of row houses and apartment buildings. 
They want to have lots of bike lanes. They want their own rapid bus system and parks of various sizes. Um, And they want all the neighborhoods to be mixed use so they can have shops and restaurants and offices mixed in with housing. And while they're contemplating that this community will grow over many decades to, as I said, around 400,000 people, the critical number to think about is 50,000. And that's sort of the medium-term number of residents that developers are contemplating. And that's also tied to a lot of the community benefits that they're promising. Right. Tell us a little bit more about what California Forever is offering to do in order to kind of convince voters to make this happen. California Forever is saying that they will pay $500 million in community benefits for every 50,000 residents that the new city adds. So that community benefits package includes $400 million in down payment assistance and affordable housing funds. There's $70 million in grants for college uh, tuition or vocational training or to start a new business. And there's $30 million for parks and ecological habitats. Every time the new city adds another 50,000 residents, they will put in another $500 million into those community benefits funds. And then a second fund called Solano Downtowns would contribute $200 million in for-profit investments for every 50,000 new residents. Again, scaling up as the community scales up. And that would support, you know, designed to sort of revitalize the downtowns in existing Solano County cities. They're also saying that they will pay for all of the infrastructure in this new community. So that's things like water lines and roads that normally the county or, you know, another municipality would pay for. So they're saying that taxpayers who reside outside of this new community will not have to pay for these traditional county funded services or infrastructure. It seems like some of what is being offered is sort of intended to respond to some of the criticism. I mean, like this idea of promising money to help already existing cities in Solano County and and, and saying it won't become a bedroom community. I mean, I feel like that's sort of a criticism uh, that came up during some of the town halls. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they really wanted to tout the fact that they are listening and that they are trying to incorporate feedback from existing Solano County residents. Um, I see this project as something that can definitely help interconnect the county as a whole and bring the county up as a whole. Uh, And I spoke with a community advisory board member, Patrice Lewis, who said that she was really heartened to see that it did seem like they were incorporating that input. Instead of looking at kind of the negatives of what went on in other kind of tech-related regions of our state, we can actually do it the right way and have that community input that we actually need. And one of the big things that they are saying that they're going to do is a promise to limit growth to 50,000 residents if the new city doesn't produce good-paying jobs. So they're saying they want to produce at least 15,000 jobs that pay 125% of the county's average weekly salary. And if they don't do that, they will stop adding new residents. And that was a direct outcome of this community input process. And as you said, this desire that this new community doesn't become a bedroom community, that it has 
local jobs that folks can can go to and and not have to crowd the existing highways into the Bay Area. Coming up, we'll hear from Rio Vista residents about what they think about California Forever's offer and what Solano County voters can expect ahead of the November election. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. What is your sense of how people are responding so far now that California Forever has had a few town halls and then also has really revealed more about what it plans to do and how it plans to do it? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's just a mix, right? First off, for a long time, people did not know who these people were. And and so I think there's just this fear and suspicion that, you know, they had been operating in the shadows for so long, and now they're coming out with these grand promises. And that's just a big hurdle to overcome for a lot of people. There's a lot of concerns about water and infrastructure. A lot of folks out in Solano County have a really grueling commute into Oakland and San Francisco and other parts of the Bay Area. And Highway 80 is already really congested. These smaller highways that folks are commuting on are also really crowded. So adding more people, even if some of them will work locally, is definitely a concern. I'm skeptical, uh, but they barred me from coming in. So how do I make a decision? One guy that I talked to outside of the meeting on Wednesday, Bill Mortimer is a longtime Rio Vista resident. And I think for him, it's just it's just such an incredible, large project that it's hard for him to even wrap his mind around it. Pie in the sky is how he described it. Talk to uh, other developers and look at their projects and what they build to turn a profit and you'll see what reality is. The difference between conceptual and reality is a whole different ballgame. The folks who spoke during the meeting were all from outside of Rio Vista. And I think that was a huge frustration for the folks in Rio Vista who saw that this meeting was happening, maybe assumed that it was open to the public because there have been a lot of town hall meetings and and opportunities for folks to, to weigh in and give input and were frustrated that they were ultimately barred from coming in, you know? So I think things like that also do not engender trust. But, you know, on the other hand, the housing crisis is real. And there's a lot of people who really want housing, who want housing that's more affordable. And if, you know, California Forever is saying that they can provide that, I mean, I think folks are at least open to the idea.
And what about local leaders in Solano County, Aaron? What's your sense of how they're feeling? Because I know they're among (laughs) some of the more uh, skeptical, given so many of them had been trying for years to figure out who was behind buying up all this land in Solano County. So what's your sense now? I talked to one city council member in Rio Vista, Sarah Donnelly, who was actually at the Veterans Memorial Building on Wednesday. She, first off, won't take a position for or against the plan. Well, I'm just going to start with, again, our legal counsel has told us that we should not take a position for or against. So, but I think we can still be skeptical, and I think the voters should be skeptical. And I think some of that skepticism comes from a lot of the big promises that California Forever is making and uh, questions about, you know, what happens if there's a recession? What happens if inflation goes crazy again? What if there are unintended consequences from this development that they hadn't yet anticipated that someone like her in Rio Vista will have to deal with once those problems creep up? This is ground zero. This is where they're, the most impact will happen, right up against us. And we have the fewer fewest votes. But on a more human level, you know, Rio Vista is a really small community, and I get the sense that it's really tight-knit. And so, you know, part of her skepticism comes from some of California Forever's past actions, including suing some people in Solano County and folks who haven't agreed to sell their land yet, who they allege were price-fixing. You know, she's looking at that behavior and and seeing it as maybe not the most uh, friendly or collaborative. I'm skeptical about them guaranteeing anything when they're doing what you've already heard of, you know, suing our friends and neighbors um, to try to get their way in a situation. Do we know now, Erin, whether this is going to be on the ballot in November? It's not a guarantee. First, they have to gather um, a requisite number of signatures. Uh, I think it's somewhere in the range of 13 to 14,000 from across the county. Those have to be uh, verified, and then the Board of Supervisors votes to put it onto the ballot. So um, there's still a number of steps. It seems unlikely that it would not be on the ballot. A lot of the people who've been excited about this or who've been open-minded about it are going to come out and they're going to tell their neighbors, hey, I believe in this. Jan Schramek, the CEO of California Forever, said, you know, they were willing to spend as much money as it takes to win this ballot measure in November. So I think we're going to see some really aggressive campaigning between now and then. I'm going to make this happen no matter what. They'll have more town hall meetings, people doing outreach, and I'm sure we'll begin to see lots of ads and um, mailers and all the traditional uh, tools of election campaigns. Yeah, I am actually already seeing those. So oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they're just going to uh, gear on up from here. Do we have a sense yet of Solano County voters' willingness to approve something like this? I don't know. <laughs> I think some people already made up their mind about what, how they feel about California Forever. And some people, I think, who are already open to the idea uh, might look at these community benefits and say, oh, you know, I see something for myself in here. I see scholarships and Uh, help with starting new businesses, money for open space. I mean, I think all of that is really appealing to folks. And obviously, people really want housing. So um, we'll see as we get closer to November. In the last several election cycles, going back to 2016, voters in the Bay Area have pretty strongly supported 
housing measures. So funding for affordable housing, measures to approve um, affordable housing developments. But voters in Solano County have been less willing to support those measures than other Bay Area counties. And so I think one thing that'll be really interesting to see is whether this sort of historical resistance will continue in Solano County, or if this desire to have more housing and more affordable housing will win over. Erin, thank you so much for talking with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. That was Erin Baldessari, senior editor of KQED's Housing Affordability Desk. This 30-minute conversation with Erin was cut down and edited by producer Maria Esquinka and me. Alan Montecilio is our senior editor. He scored this episode and added all the tape. Music courtesy of NPR, First Calm Music, and the Audio Network. The rest of our podcast team here at KQED includes Jen Chien, our director of podcasts, Katie Springer, our podcast operations manager, Cesar Saldana, our podcast engagement producer, and Maha Sanad, our podcast engagement intern. The Bay is a production of member-supported KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.